0: If you need a new roof or a repair, Easton Roofing will take care of you. Estimates are always free and suggestions are built on integrity. Visit EastonRoofing.com for more information. Get back to business faster with Easton Roofing. Easton Roofing, integrity matters.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, let's go. Let's go. We ain't got no time to waste. Let's go. Let's go. You are now listening to Jason Sale. and you are in, in the Zone.
0: The Zone is presented by Guaranteed Foods, delivering all natural food to Midwestern families since 1958. Enjoy healthier food, more free time, free delivery, and better value. Go to GuaranteedFoods.com. All right, a Tuesday edition of The Zone right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels. We head up until 2 o'clock. The next four hours, we've got you. Talking some uh, NFL football today. We'll get into some baseball. We'll get into uh, some college basketball today as well. 913-912-4810, the text line to join us to be a part of the show. 913-912-4810 to uh, text in to the show. We will uh, talk with Adam Teicher coming up one hour from now. Get his thoughts on uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and the franchise tag window opening up today. We are nine days after the Chiefs won a Super Bowl, and it is already free agency conversation season because franchise tag opens up today. They have 14 days to figure out, teams do, if they're going to place a franchise tag on a player or not. Today's the first day they can do that. March 5th is the last day they can do that. And with there being uh, 29 days in the month of February, uh, that means they're 14 days away that they have the full two weeks. And then we'll get into the league year. And the combine is next week. So we'll talk with uh, Adam Teicher about the different things going on and the questions that the Chiefs have. They are clearly wanting to go for the three-peat. What will it take for this Chiefs team to be able to do that? We'll talk a little bit about that with uh, Adam Teicher. um, Get his thoughts on... Peter King had an interesting – well, he wrote a lot in the Football Morning in America about the Chiefs and the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes and Steve Spagnuolo and rewatching the Super Bowl and a lot of things that happened in that game. Um, So uh, a good portion of the, I think, 10,000 words that he writes in that thing are dedicated to the Chiefs and the Super Bowl. Had a really interesting angle on the draft in 2017 about what was going on behind the scenes. We know what was going on behind the scenes with the Saints and the Texans and the Cardinals and the Buffalo Bills and uh, the teams that were, you know, uh, involved the most directly or indirectly with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, those other teams that wanted Patrick Mahomes, and the team that the Chiefs that they were going to trade with in Buffalo if their player wasn't there. And there's some things that are rehashed that we know about. Like, you know, Buffalo didn't know that it was Patrick Mahomes the Chiefs were trading up for. They wouldn't tell him the, the the player and all that stuff. And the the deal was decided a couple days before the, uh, the draft and all of that stuff. And the fact that the Saints really wanted him, the fact that the Cardinals really wanted him, the fact that Sean Payton... Uh, uh, went straight to the airport after working out Patrick Mahomes because he didn't want word getting out that they were there working out Patrick Mahomes because he was that impressed. Uh, those are things that have been reported before. And uh, the workouts and Bruce Arian saying it was the one of the best, if not the best, quarterback workouts I've ever seen in my life. Those are things that have been talked about over the last, you know, seven years that <laughs> Patrick Mahomes has, um, you know, since he was drafted. Um, but there are some other interesting things in there that, who oh boy, um, I, I definitely want to talk about the Cincinnati angle to this thing because maybe I didn't know this, but it came out in that. That's a little tease. We'll get into that um today. Here in the first hour, we'll get into that. We may start off with that here uh, in just a little bit. Uh, but we'll talk with Adam Teicher at 11 o'clock. Myron Medcalf coming up at noon, college basketball insider. We will get his thoughts on the Missouri Athletic Department, the athletic director opening for Mizzou. Desiree Reed-Francois moving to Arizona, taking that job. And Tommy Lloyd getting a five-year extension already. I mean, how about that? Did she do that? Like, I I really want to know. Like, did Desiree Reed-Francois take the Arizona job and then immediately give Tommy Lloyd, the Arizona basketball coach, a five-year extension, paying him upwards of $6 million if she was like, cool, I'm here. Let's spend some more money. You guys are at $180 million deficit. Can I add some more while I still have this grace period? It's the honeymoon period. I'm going to go ahead and write this check there. Uh, it's another coach that is really that, that is that is successful, that she's taking over the athletic department, and is already in place. Same thing with Eli Drinkwitz, and it may be yet another coach that gets a contract extension that she may not have anything to do with. Just like Eli Drinkwitz's contract extension before last year, that if you've listened to Gabe Diarman say, uh, yeah, that was the board of curators that extended Eli Drinkwitz. That wasn't really Desiree Reed-Francois. She may not have been in favor of extending Eli Drinkwitz. And the board of cur- curators were like, we don't care. <laughs> we're going- He's our coach. He's not your coach. He's our coach. So even some of the positive things that have been directly connected with Desiree Reed-Francois of, well, you know, she believed in Eli Drink, which She extended him when people thought it was, a, it was a mistake. Now the reporting coming out is, well, no, that was the board of curators. They view him as their coach, and they've sort of insulated him and protected him. We'll see. But she gets to Arizona. And Tommy Lloyd signs a contract decision. I have no idea if that's connected or not. But we'll She's
1: also uh, doing her introductory <laughs> press conference in Arizona right now. Really? So if anything relevant comes up, I will. Uh, I'll keep you posted.
0: Okay, I'm see- hear if she says anything about uh, the inability to recruit to Columbia. She she has oh, she has a number twenty four. She has Reprise an Arizona one. football jersey now. It looks like a Houston Texans jersey for some reason. It kind of does a little you bit. Show me that. I'm like, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, twenty four for the Houston Texans. Was that Lonnie Johnson when the Chiefs played him in the uh, division wow, round? I don't it? know. I don't know. Somebody Chiefs go check legend. on that. I kind of want to. Uh, I want to know if it is him or not because I really want to pat myself on the back if Lonnie Johnson was number twenty. Uh, Thirty-two, and then it. one. Damn it! Who was number twenty-four for the Texans in the two thousand nineteen divisional round game?
1: I'm on it. Kirby Joseph.
0: Yeah. See, Dylan's all like, "Oh, I'm gonna." Like have gonna, the right answer and I'm just spit owe it out. Like oh, you, that? Jason, your stupid Lonnie Johnson guess. Huh? I'll take your Lonnie Johnson. I'll raise you a yeah, Kirby. Right. And a I'm
1: definitely seeing a Kirby Joseph
0: Damn in a two-four here. Nice Let's job. go check that that box score real quick. Nice job, nice job, son. Kirby Joseph. That's Kirby Hancock. Kirby with it's an not E, Kirby. not an I.
1: Like the I don't know if he was still on the roster. That's just the first 24 I could think of with the Texans, which is not a long list. You don't have to. <laughs> It's a pretty good uh, – Dylan, it's, it's a great one pull. more than Jason and I had combined. Yeah, so it's a great pull. You at least pat yourself on the back a little bit.
0: I know Justin Reed wasn't 24. I know that. He was getting tackled by Dirty Dan, getting uh, beat up by Travis Kelsey. So uh, Kelsey was picking up catch after catch after catch.
1: I, I know it's maybe been a minute since we've uh, – fully discussed this football game that happened several years ago. They were roughly five years, six years. They won by
0: twenty, man.
1: <laughs> we talk about the comeback they all on, the time. They went on
0: a fifty one to seven run. It <laughs> went on a
1: fifty one to
0: seven run. A fifty one to seven run. It was
1: twenty four nothing and they won it fifty one to thirty one. They were pouring yep. it on at the end. This game was over to at 34-24. They could have sat on it. <laughs> fifty
0: one to seven They scored 21 points in four minutes. The over-under in that game was 50 and a half. The Chiefs hit that. (laughs) The Chiefs hit the over themselves in the final three quarters of the game. They hit the over by halftime, right? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, And the last person to score a touchdown in that game for the Chiefs was Blake Bell. It sure was. The Mahomes passed to Blake Bell, uh, which gave them, I think, 48 at that point. And then they uh, kick the field goal at the end to make. It I 51. think
1: that's right. But in other news, I Kirby Joseph is not showing up right now on oh, the no. roster, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to really get into the the depths of this Pro Football Reference page. Gotta figure out jersey numbers out here somewhere. It's all right. You can do the show. I'll plug around.
0: No, um, we're not gonna do the show right now. We're gonna find out who the heck was uh, number twenty four for the. I got like lineups and
1: everything, but <laughs> I don't have the numbers on this. Well, I got it. Box score here. here. Maybe uh, ESPN. We got the official game book here. Game book. There we go. The official game book book
0: book. here. So pulling up the official game book for the Chiefs and Texans. Number twenty-four for the Houston Texans was was Kirby Joseph. Did he not play in this game? He played. Oh, I'm sorry. Not Kirby. What's J. Joseph?
1: Jonathan Joseph was twenty-four.
0: Jonathan Joseph. I knew it was a J though with Lonnie Johnson. It started with a J.
1: The only team Jonathan Joseph ever wore uh, 24 with was the Houston Texans. His last year's a Texan,
0: 2019. No, it's uh. see, it, I saw the twenty cornerback 24 and then Joseph, and I just immediately thought Kirby instead of looking at the J.
1: Jonathan, quote, Kirby Joseph. It is K-I-R-B because he just sucks up the football. He's an yeah. interception
0: machine. It's one of the things that really bothers me about the official NFL game book is that they don't put first names. Every single name on there is the first initial and last name. Yeah. There is nowhere on an official game book, except for the uh, no. You know there there isn't uh, there there isn't a uh, a full name on an official game book. Anyway, that's neither here nor there.
1: What happens to like John Ross and Justin Ross and like the exactly. J Ross? It's just uh, even Jay Ross with the all Jay Rosses? You just have
0: to then know the number to differentiate them. Meh. Um, speaking of John Ross, but we'll talk with Meyer Metcalf coming up at uh, noon. College basketball insider Jack Johnson's down in Arizona. Surprise, we'll talk with him about 1230 or so. Get some uh, Royals fix for you. Not that
1: surprising. We talked to him yesterday.
0: Surprise, he's talking on a Tuesday as well. And uh, 1 o'clock, Todd Lebo. Surprise, Todd Lebo will be hanging out with us in the 1 o'clock hour for a little fact or fiction. Um, You know what, since I teased it, let's start with this because um, it involves the Cincinnati Bengals and these are always fun. and then we'll get into the franchise tag because uh, you know the franchise tag number for Chris Jones is about 32 million. The franchise tag number for Legerious Need is right around 19, a little under 19 million. It would make him if Legerious Need signed a fran- if he was franchised and played one year on the franchise tag at 18.8 million dollars roughly, it would make him the sixth highest by annual average value cornerback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So that's the number the Chiefs would be looking at. Is it worth paying him annual average value, the sixth highest? Now, that would also be the cap hit of that exact number. Uh, Chris Jones' cap hit, if he played under the franchise tag, would be thirty-two. Now they did the first they did with Chris Jones something they have never done before when they reworked his contract, and that is adding void years. So Chris Jones does cost the Chiefs four and a half million dollars against the cap this year. It's the first time they've ever done that. So if Chris Jones were to sign long term, whatever his cap number is, subtract $4.5 million, which is what they would have actually been adding to the cap this year. So if they sign him long term and they sign him and, and this first year is a $20 million cap hit, it's actually $15.5 million cap hit added to the uh, cap number because he's already counting 4.5 million against the cap, no matter what. So those, that's the uh, the housekeeping part of the franchise tag numbers. But that opens up today. We'll talk with Adam Taisher about those things. But 32 million for Chris Jones around there, 18.8, 19 million right around there for Lajarius Need if they want to go that route. But Peter King, in his um, uh, Football Morning in America, had a uh, a, a longer uh, story about being in the war room with the New Orleans Saints. And the fact that Jordan Spieth was in the war room with the, with the New Orleans Saints and talking about it from that standpoint that he was like, oh, this is awesome. I've never been in the war room and I get invited to be there. We were down in uh, Louisiana for, uh, you know, a golf tournament. And this is great. And so they go through the whole thing like Carolina wasn't trading because they wanted Christian McCaffrey no matter what. Um, Some of the other teams up there at the top weren't trading because they wanted their specific players that they were looking out for. The Saints wanted Lattimore or Patrick Mahomes, and they were pretty excited when the word came down that Cincinnati was taking John Ross. And uh, the Chiefs were pumped because that meant that they could call up Buffalo right after John Ross's name popped up on their internal computer that shows the name before everybody else gets the name that they can get the name when the card is immediately turned in. Boom, the the name pops up to all the teams around the NFL so they can see it and start working the phones. And John Dorsey immediately calls the Buffalo Bills and says, uh, hey, our player's there. Are we still on? Yep, we're on. Cool. You call the trade hotline. We'll call the trade hotline. Let's get it done. And we're taking Patrick Mahomes. But it's a small little nugget, just a small little nugget that stood out to me. And it was talking about the Saints and the Cardinals And the different teams that might have wanted to move up, they didn't expect the Chiefs to move all the way up there. Their expectation was that the Chiefs had Alex Smith. They were a playoff team. They're not going to move from 27 all the way to 10 or 9 or 8 or 7. So the Saints were looking at it and saying, well, Buffalo has a brand new coach. And they're probably not going to draft a quarterback right now. And it's a defensive coach. So is he going to be in on Patrick Mahomes the way that we're in on Patrick Mahomes? The Cleveland Browns had talked about, you know, we really, really love Patrick Mahomes. We're going to move up and get Patrick Mahomes. And it was Hugh Jackson, a smokescreen, because he was waiting for Baker Mayfield the next year, apparently. I'm not sure. Um, I made that up myself. But the small little nugget in there that said Cincinnati wasn't willing to trade their pick to New Orleans, who had the 11 pick. The number 11 pick, New Orleans. They didn't want to trade down two spots to take John Ross. The Bengals that had Andy Dalton didn't want to move down two spots to trade with the Saints to take John Ross. This is one of those sort of
1: cautionary tales that we discuss a lot around oh draft time. Oh my god. Time. Isn't that
0: freaking beautiful?
1: Don't fall in oh, love with so the player sweet. too much unless it's a quarterback.
0: Oh, it's so sweet. It's so sweet. And it makes sense why there's so much of a championing of Joe Burrow there. Because one, they pass on Patrick Mahomes to take John Ross. But the fact that they wouldn't... And, and by the way, thank you Cincinnati. <laughs> yes. Not only thank you for tra- for for taking John Ross... Before the Chiefs, thank you. For but that. the Saints inquiring about moving up to take Patrick Mahomes to beat other teams because they liked him more or Lattimore. But the fact that it got all the way there to number nine and they had both Lattimore and Patrick Mahomes on the uh, clock or or available still on the board. But even Cincinnati unwilling to tr- to make that trade, unwilling to make the trade down to thirteen for Arizona. I mean, you add a second-round pick and you slide back, obviously hindsight being twenty-twenty. But John Ross was the difference? Instead of moving back a couple of spots and getting an extra second-rounder?
1: <laughs> and moving back any of those spots, obviously they could have still taken John Ross. Yes. They could have, whatever. But the, the draft order, there's a whole lot of names in gold, which means these are guys who made Pro Bowls. Going up to six, Jamal Adams. Mike Williams hasn't at seven, but darn good player. A better player than John Ross in that being. Christian McCaffrey, John Ross, Patrick Mahomes, Marshawn Lattimore, Deshaun Watson, Hassan Reddick. They could have moved back and been in line for either Marshawn Lattimore or Hassan Reddick if that was like their, their fear of fears.
0: But no, John Ross time. He's fast, Jason. I it, It's a small little nugget. I didn't, maybe that's been known. I hadn't heard that before. Maybe people have talked about it, but just the Cincinnati unwilling to move their pick.
1: <laughs> okay. Thank you. But again, that happens all the time. We, we've I been on all sides of that. Yes. Of like, well, the, the Chiefs, and you got to have a partner to move back or whatever, but it yes. was like, no, oh, no, we're taking this running back at the end of the first round because we think he's special. Like, well, even good teams make that mistake. And the Bengals at this point were not qualifying for good team status, obviously.
0: Unbelievable! the um, The Cleveland Browns were telling everybody that they were going to trade up to number five with Tennessee to take Patrick Mahomes. Um, that was a smokescreen, yeah, obviously. I should have done that. Um, that would have been smart if they did. maybe Hugh Jackson would still have a job. Uh, maybe Patrick Mahomes would be a bust. That, I don't think the second part. I think the first part's probably not. And the first true one's either. more likely than the second. First one's more likely, yeah. But still, the I think Hugh matters. Jackson's probably out of a, a job still. Um, but I mean. <laughs> Just the and the fact that uh, uh, Bruce Arians uh, says that uh, texted uh, John Dorsey a one word expletive when they made the trade, <laughs> not even knowing who they were picking. Just trade, just texted him a one word expletive. Bruce Arians did because they really thought they were getting Patrick Mahomes at number thirteen. It's just, it's amazing that so many people around the draft process doubted him. and thought he was going to be a bust or a project, or he's a a couple of years away from being a couple of years away. One of the great Fran Freshella lines in the NBA draft. I don't remember who he was talking about, but it was a European player. When He's like, this guy, I don't understand why. This guy's a couple of years away from being a couple of years away. It's a great line. Um, I'm not sure that they use that on Patrick Mahomes, but it was he's a project. He won't be ready to play in the NFL uh, this year. May not ever be ready to play in the NFL, but yet Andy Reid... Sean Payton, Bruce Arians, Bill O'Brien were all frothing at the mouth to get Patrick Mahomes. I mean, those are guys that are some pretty damn good quarterback whisperers, and they all saw the same thing. And when they trade, when the Chiefs traded up, uh, Sean Payton looked at, I guess, Jordan Spieth or somebody else and was <laughs> like, Andy Reid knows what we know. <laughs> Andy Reid knows what we know, and he's taken Patrick Mahomes. Many people thought it was Deshaun Watson, yet Bruce Arians, Bill O'Brien... Sean Payton all knew they were taking Patrick Mahomes because they all they all saw the same thing and they knew Andy Reid smart. There was
1: <laughs> there was something in this vein that was really grinding my gears this weekend, too. And this what is a really different
0: my gears. This
1: is different because like there's reporting and all of this and that there are guys we, we had heard about the Cardinals and the Saints in particular, uh, and, you know, and there's there's been some of that. There's also a lot. And I'm not again, not necessarily in the story. If you end if you end up hearing from a former front office member of any NFL team who now has a TV job, and they said, oh, we loved Patrick Mahomes. We just, the situation wasn't quite right, or we couldn't quite pay the price or whatever. You're going to get a lot of revisionist history on, mm-hmm. on teams talking themselves into just missing on the greatest quarterback of all time. It happens. That's how things generally go. But I saw one on the over the weekend that really annoyed me. That was, oh, but imagine him and Shanahan. Like, What if Shanahan had a Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> Two things here. There are actually maybe three layers to this that I just want to make sure we're really hitting here in Kansas City. One is that Kyle Shanahan did. His name was Trey Lance, and he paid the premium. He went and got him and had the chance to develop a raw tool Z quarterback that he thought had all the traits he wanted to become the guy. Injuries were a part of it for Trey Lance. The whole process just didn't didn't go the way you wanted it to. Some of that is process, some of that is luck. It happens. But within all of that, I am reminded of the fact that the Chiefs were the team that actually had the conviction to jump way higher than the mm-hmm. Saints needed to. Way higher than the Cardinals were gonna need to. Or where did the Cardinals end up starting from in that draft? 13th. These are teams that were within sniffing distance of where Mahomes ultimately went. And their thought was if we I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase some things I'm guessing. Those are a couple teams who thought, man, if Mahomes falls to us if he can be a guy that we can develop, if he falls to us, there's something special in there we can try to chip out. And the Chiefs said, bleep you, bleep you, bleep that. We're go. you're cool. We're, <laughs> Buffalo, you're cool. We're going to go snatch this bird out of the sky and bring him down before he has a chance to land anywhere else and then develop him into the greatest quarterback of all time. He would have been a worst quarterback in, in Cleveland. He would have still been really good in Arizona. Situations matter. I think Mahomes is in the best situation he could have possibly been in because it's hard to imagine his career going better than it has. <laughs> but the Chiefs actually did the thing and then finished out the rest of the process. That is still worth more than every other former head coach, GM, scout, front office member, all combined, saying, "Ah, I knew about Mahomes." Also, and maybe they did. Maybe the the spark was there for them too, but the Chiefs are the team that acted on it, that paid to get there, and that developed him into the greatest quarterback that's ever walked the planet. That, to me, is just something I want to reflect again in all of these conversations about how it actually ended up turning out the way that it did. And my small pet peeve, but I can't wait. It's almost there. We're almost getting rid of this little... Quip that they put at the end of Sean Payton's thing, where he says both teams won, and oh, oh we got our guy. We, we really couldn't lose in this situation. No. no, 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 no team drafted a cornerback and then won four Super Bowls or three Super Bowls. Yep. It's it's the other sounds like it, but quarterback is the one you wanted there yep. for sure. And, and they,
0: they said that, and, and to that degree, the same thing from Buffalo going. Well, Buffalo felt like they got a pretty good deal, too, because, you know, they trade that and they end up getting Tredavious White, Tremaine Edwards. They got Josh Allen. No, they didn't. No, no, they didn't. Because before the trade, they had a uh, 2017 first round draft pick. Before the trade, they had a 2018 first round draft pick. After the trade, they had a 2017 third rounder and a 2018 first rounder in which they took Zay Jones and Tremaine Edmonds. So they didn't get Josh Allen, Tredavious White. Uh, Zay Jones, Tremaine Edmonds out of it. They got Zay Jones and Tremaine Edmonds. Their first round draft pick well, wasn't number 10, it was number 27. Okay, they took Tredavious White. They could have taken Marlon Humphrey. Cool. It's still a cornerback. They needed a cornerback. They wanted more picks. And the next year, they took Josh Allen with their pick. They didn't take Josh Allen with the Chiefs. The Chiefs weren't terrible, and the Buffalo Bills got the Chiefs' number three overall pick and took Josh Allen. No, they got the Chiefs' 22nd overall pick and then packaged more picks to go up and get Tremaine Edmonds. So not only did they get a third and a first rounder from the Chiefs, they had to use extra capital to get Zay Jones and Tremaine Edmonds from the Chiefs. They didn't get Josh Allen out of that deal. They got Zay Jones and Tremaine Edmonds out of the deal.
1: Hakeem Olajuwon is a very good basketball player, and he was taken number one overall. But everyone remembers the third pick overall,
0: Michael Jordan. Yes.
1: Yeah, you can get a great player. I
0: remember number two. Well, yeah, same a lot of way. people remember that. Probably, but uh, infamously. But yes. famously, yeah. He had bad legs.
1: The other thing yeah. that Buffalo didn't get was Patrick Mahomes.
0: <laughs> other than that.
1: they This was this was in a gap year of Tyrod Taylor. They, they had Tyrod Taylor in 2016 and, and 17. He, you could have had Mahomes sit behind Tyrod Taylor. You could have started that exact same process. And so they went, no, we're fine. And look, God bless them for getting good players in that whole mess of pick swapping and ending up with Josh Allen. They're in a healthier place than almost any other team in the AFC. Almost.
0: We'll talk with Adam Teicher coming up at 11 o'clock. Chiefs insider from ESPN. Myron Metcalf comes up at noon. College basketball insider from ESPN. We'll talk with Jack Johnson in Surprise, Arizona. In the noon hour. And then Todd Lebo will join us in the 1 o'clock hour. Some fact or fiction with one Todd Lebo. So um, a little bit about the um, the story that broke yesterday that we talked about with uh, Desiree Reed francois leaving Mizzou and heading to Arizona. You mentioned she's being introduced right now uh, or may have just wrapped up her press conference, whatever, but her press conference starting around uh, 10 o'clock or so um Central Time, and she is now the new AD at Arizona. Listening to Gabe D'Armond uh, a couple of times, and you know, a, a couple of things stood out in reading, you know, his work and commentary on it, and and listening. Um, in that, he said everybody he's talked to at the at at at, uh, at Mizzou, the University and fans and other people, they are all stunned. That she left. Stunned that this happened. And sort of came out of nowhere for a lot of people. A couple things. I I mean, she must be incredibly good at disguising things if she's been thinking about leaving. If she has been negotiating with Arizona behind the scenes and people at the university had no idea that she was that unhappy. But also, if that's the case, if so many people are stunned, I mean, is that does that mean that she's running from Mizzou rather than running to something? You know, the old adage in uh, in business that, you know, if you're going to take a job, make sure you're taking that job because you're going to that job. Not, well, I'm just leaving this job. I don't care. I'm out. You don't run from something. You run to something. And he mentioned that everybody there was stunned that that happened And the oversight committee was the, quote, straw that broke the camel's back, that there was tension present already before that. But that's the thing that ultimately just severed the relationship between the two sides, between the curators and Desiree Reed-Francois. One
1: quote here that the aforementioned Gabe Diarman tweeted out from her press conference a little bit ago. Uh, she said, Arizona is, quote, the only place of I course. would have considered leaving Mizzou Absolutely. for. It was a chance I could not pass up. Yeah. Uh, and then as the a, only one. A, a replying uh, question asker asked Gabe, and I'll just give you his response as well, of, do you believe her or is she just promoting the new school? And Gabe says, I don't really believe her, no, but she's saying what she has to say, which yeah. is also where I think reason would probably probably lead you. She has some other nice things about Mizzou and then being mm-hmm. in a great place and cheering from them from afar, but um, that's all press conference pleasantries for the most part.
0: Yeah, I mean, Arizona's the only place she would leave for from Mizzou. I'm just wondering what the list of schools are the only place she would leave Arizona for. Yeah. Because she left one of the two conferences that athletic directors want to get to, that's right. and that is the Big Ten and the SEC. The issue for Mizzou now is if this oversight committee is the thing that ultimately fractured the relationship to where she felt like it was not tenable, that I cannot work here if I've got people that are hovering over me that are not allowing me to do my job or going to second guess any and everything that I do and every single penny is going to be accounted for as it should be. But every single penny, uh, penny is not only going to be accounted for, it's going to be scrutinized. Oh, well, why'd you do this? Why'd you do that? Because it's in the best interest of the athletic department. That's why I did that. Well, I need more explanation. Well, then you need somebody else to do the job. Because there are a lot of people that do their job that have oversight, that you have a boss that you answer to. But this seems to be a committee that's put in place to hover over the athletic director and have the athletic director feel like, well, now, can I actually do my job if I've got these people... I'm, I'm already, uh, you know, uh, answering to the chancellor, the president, the board of curators. Now, I've got four more people that I have to answer to. It's like office space. I've got four bosses. I've got four different. Bo- I hear, if something happens, I hear it four different times from people. I've got to explain to the curators, to the oversight committee and the chancellor why I'm doing something. And she didn't feel it was tenable. And it's a little bit like going to the bullpen from a zoo standpoint now. is every time you go to the bullpen, there's a risk of bringing in somebody that isn't any good. And Jim Sterk wasn't any good. And, you know, uh, um, uh, Mac Rhodes left pretty quickly. Jim Sterk brought back, you know, Skip Holtz. That's going to be the next head coach. And the curators were like, yeah, do something else, man. Go find somebody else. And Eli Drinkwitz was eventually hired. And that looks like an awesome hire right now by the Board of Curators. And apparently that's the way that they view that, is that he is their hire. And if that's the case, as I mentioned the bullpen and the risk you run into when you go to the bullpen time and time again that you may bring in somebody that just doesn't have it that particular day, who, who are you hiring? Is Ren Baker taking the job from West Virginia? Laird Veach is at Memphis, so, you know, the salary will be nice. He'll be coaching or uh, being he'll be the athletic director in the SEC. But the previous AD didn't think it was tenable. Took a worse job with more dire financial situation. Switching conferences. Less money. And are you going to be hiring somebody in name only that doesn't have any power? That's just, well, I'm getting a nice paycheck, but I'm not actually the athletic director because the curators already think that Eli Drinkwitz is their person and the uh, oversight committee is really the boss and I'm running everything by them. Like you start to limit the pool of candidates if you're saying, well, we actually took power away from this person and they left. So why don't you come in not knowing anything that's been going on and just take a risk? Take a chance that it's all going to be good with you. And oh, by the way, nothing you can do at the football program will ever be credited to you. Ever. You can give them extension after extension after extension. That will never be credited to you. Everything outside of football, you can take credit for. But football never happened. The Board of Curators, that's us. Welcome on board.
1: Do we know right now what the next AD's job will be?
0: Basketball and fundraising, because the the oversight committee is already in charge of the uh, the the future of college athletics and NIL and TV network deals and conference realignment. Uh, They're in charge. They're they're there to to, you know, navigate those choppy waters in the future. As opposed to, you know, the athletic department. Yeah. And their job to be able to see over the horizon of what's coming. Instead, they've got people that aren't involved in athletics to come in and say, well, now that's going to be your job. Outside of your regular job, we're taking this off the plate of somebody whose entire job and paid seven figures to do that. We're taking it off their plate and putting it on these four people who don't work in athletics and who have a full-time job somewhere else. So they can then come in every once in a while. Just duck in and go. Hey, why'd you do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, none of your business. There,
1: Johnny, come lately. Was there an email about this? Did you email me this? I mean, I'm going to need an email. I feel like
0: there could have been some correspondence on this. Um. Hey,
1: circling back on
0: this thing that I was here from. <laughs> Why didn't earlier. you circle back? I was just circling back. Let's circle back real quick? There was 5000000 million. I'm looking at this. There's, this is $5.4 million. What's that for? Uh, that's the salary for Eli Drinkwitz. Oh, okay. I'm just making sure. I didn't know. So saw 5.4. Point point four. Yeah, that's um, that's uh, Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, okay, it's 5.4. Well, I thought it was this. We'll see, uh, the, see the breakdown in his As contract. As per my
1: last email.
0: No. Well, you, you you see there. Moron. <laughs> Oversight committee person. The breakdown in his contract. That's why there's multiple checks written. It's not one lump sum. You yeah, see how that works. Sure, it so that it it works. Sense. Oh, okay. Makes sense, yeah. All right, cool. Uh-huh. Well, I'm getting it. I'm figuring it out.
1: I appreciate it. I'm figuring it out. I understand it. I did this. I did th- I wrote that contract. I did it.
0: Yay! I'm in charge. Ringo wrote a song. Yay! Oversight committee wrote a contract. Yay!
1: Don't do that to Ringo. Curtis. I don't know. I don't know. We're Curtis gonna put, put it right over there. here, right in the, refrigerator the refrigerator, refrigerator.
0: <laughs> so everybody can look at the contract extension relay. Yay! Oversight committee wrote a contract. <laughs> doesn't feel great, Jason.
1: <laughs> it doesn't seem like where you want to be on February twentieth. Not
0: great, Bob. I mean, honestly, like the I would I would love for them to hire Ren Baker. But if I'm Ren Baker, I don't know that I'm taking that job from West Virginia if I feel like, well, now you've hired somebody just to simply oversee that job, which I'm already answering to somebody. Like Candidates are interviewing Mizzou right now. Yeah. That's absolutely. not the place you want to be in. Absolutely. You want to be interviewing – you're in the SEC. Unless
1: you're Bill Belichick, you don't get to interview the, the team very often. It's You're – I mean – You've got to prove – you're, 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 you're an SEC team that just won a real bowl game.
0: <laughs> you're in the SEC – and your budget in the most recent reporting of the fiscal year, uh, athletic department in twenty one twenty two. Your revenue was one hundred and forty one point two million dollars. That's the budget you're working with at Mizzou, and yet there will be. Athletic directors at other conferences that will go, yeah, I'm not sure that I want to deal with all that stuff going on. It sounds like a little bit of a calamity there. And things are finally going well. Things are heading in the, the... When's the last time Missouri had a a year from January to December of 2023? They, they won the a bas- tournament game. The basketball team winning a tournament game and the football team winning the cotton ball yes. finishing top 10 winning 11 games. Yeah, I mean, we it can't was Cotton Bowl because they Gary, Mike T- a top-ten yeah. team. Gary Pinkle, Mike Anderson. Winning an actual tournament game because, you know, Mizzou playing in the SEC Championship, and I think was that the same year that uh, Missouri lost in the first round as the two-seed. I'm not sure if those things sort of blend together. But, I mean, the calendar year, January to December of 2023, was pretty awesome. And it's only taken 50 days later for it to be, all right, well, that was fun while it lasted let's see what happens luckily eli drinkwitz is taken care of and it does change a little bit when you say okay this is going to be the third ad he's going to work with well that athletic director's main job is going to be you better get along with eli drinkwitz because you're not going to win that power struggle because the board of curators have already proven that we think he's our coach and that's also a good thing in a roundabout way for mizzou is if Eli Drinkwitz actually thinks he's working for the Board of Curators and not whatever athletic director is there, because then the athletic directors can come and go, and the Board of Curators can be like, well, that's no, Eli Drinkwitz is our guy. He's going to have job security for a long time, and he is well paid to have that job security. And he's performing now, and we'll see if that continues. But, man, uh, I'm not sure what the pool of candidates are, and... They're going to the bullpen yet again. We'll see. Find out. It's Mizzou, though. So there's already an expectation that they'll find a way to mess it up. We'll talk about him. Teicher coming up at 11 o'clock. ESPN, Chiefs Insider. One more thing on the... um, I'd mentioned the uh, the revenue, the expenses and everything of the most recent reporting fiscal year for Mizzou's athletic department. And I brought this up yesterday um, and, you know, talking about how the job of the athletic department and the bookkeeping is essentially to spend the exact same amount of money that comes in to spend that. Because if you are in the red, then – the academic side gets mad and thinks that you're costing them money. So then you start talking about, do you have to cut sports? And if you're in the black, then they want the money to be sent over to the university side when, okay, you could have been spending that on upgrading facilities and doing some other things, right? Um, extensions for coaches, a bigger, uh, uh, you know, pool for the uh, staff and contracts and things like that. Um, so I went back and, since Missouri entered the SEC, in the nine years of reporting of the um, revenue and expenses for Missouri's athletic department, and all of this, including, you know, revenue, including ticket sales, contributions, institutional support, media rights, NCAA distributions, conference distributions, program concessions, parking, royalties, licensing, advertising, uh, camps, endowment, investment, that's all in revenue. And expenses, being student aid guarantees, coaches' salary, staff salaries, severance, recruiting, travel, equipment, uh, game expenses, camps, fundraising, facilities, debt, rental, spirit groups, medical expenses, insurance, membership dues, athletic meals, overhead, administrative, operating expenses, bowl expenses, bowl coaching compensation, transfers to institution. All of that is in the expenses. It's a lot of different itemized you know lines there that they are um, accounting for. In the athletic department. And there's obviously individual things when it's just one big coaching salary number. Well, obviously, there's a bunch of different coaching salaries that go into that. So I'll ask you guys, going back in the nine years that they have uh, reported on this since Mizzou entered the SEC, what is the difference between the revenue and expenses? What's the dollar figure? For
1: all of those nine years altogether. All of those
0: nine years altogether. So they were plus 18 million here. They were minus 5 million there. They were plus 4 million there. They were minus 8 million there.
1: I'm going to say $5 million total. I'm going to go $500,000. I think it might be, I think I know where the last year was.
0: Josh is close. Am I? In nine years of the total revenue and expenses. The bookkeeping comes to a difference of Mizzou is plus three point three million,
1: and they're in the black
0: in nine years, including like revenues of a hundred and forty one point two million, a hundred and ten point five, a hundred and seven point four for nine years of that. Somehow they end up three million dollars right there, just at plus three million dollars. An incredible coincidence, unbelievable. I don't know. I think we should look more into this. Have an oversight <laughs> committee.